0: Hi, everybody. My name is Vikram Rajan. I am the host of the show, LinkedIn for Lawyers. It's true stories of client acquisition told by attorneys. This video podcast streams live just about every Friday, one o'clock Eastern on LinkedIn, on YouTube, on Facebook. And you can listen to it as a podcast on just about every major podcast platform, all four of them. Uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, which I personally listen to on my Android. Uh, So it's relatively easy to subscribe and review and catch it one way or another. Uh, It's relatively easy. I am also the co-founder of Video Socials, and we are a business community of attorneys and accountants, coaches and consultants. We come together in video blogging clubs to record together, fun and done. A lot of our members also record podcast promos. And other types, types of topics that help them brand their expertise. Uh, today, I have a longtime friend and colleague, Catherine Miller, and I'm looking forward uh, to have this conversation. It's under the auspices of a show, which always feels kind of awkward, and you know, like we're pretending to be on a on a talk show but you know, we can just have a conversation over the phone. Uh, but I'm looking here uh, more specifically. We'll get to of how LinkedIn has specifically benefited you. Uh, before everybody else's benefit, can you share a little bit about your practice, your firm, what do you do for
1: it? Sure. Uh, I am the founder of the Miller Law Group. We're based in the New York City metropolitan area uh, with offices inside the city and in Westchester County. And we're soon expanding into Connecticut, Fairfield County. Uh, I've been a matrimonial lawyer for 35 years. It's a ridiculous thing to say. Uh, and I'm on a mission to change how people divorce and help them divorce with dignity. And the reason I want to be able to do that is so that they can show up for their kids and move through the divorce process to a better future without the conflict that they are currently going through.
0: And to parse that a little bit more, and, and, and this kind of quick disclaimer, when you typically would talk to Catherine, on Zoom or anything else she would have her earbuds on and you will hear her much more clearly we just purposely did it. There was a little bit of noise uh, with, with her earbuds So rest assured her tech technology is on point even if you can't listen or hear her too much She's gonna speak loudly you could adjust the volume accordingly. So uh, don't fret uh, Catherine's uh, pretty good with uh, all the video tech stuff um, To parse that out a little bit more to go into the kind of way uh, how you help people uh, separate and do it in an appropriate manner for their families. Is it pure purely litigation? Are there other divorce modalities that you work in? Can you share a little bit about that? You know,
1: Vic, that's a <laughs> really great question. I think that um, the thing that is the most important thing to help that families through the process is to choose an appropriate process for them. And you know, maybe that sounds a little bit of like uh, academic, but what I really mean is the question of how people are going to make the decisions that they need to make in order to get through the divorce process is a crucial one. And really litigation, sure, that's that's an option. That's sort of the default. If you can't come up, you can't agree to do it some other way, then you're gonna do it in that way. But let me just tell you and your listeners first that in New York, 97% of divorces settle before a judge makes a decision after a trial, 97%. And nationwide, that statistic is 95%. So when I say, how are you going to make the decisions? Well, I guess there's a 3% chance that somebody else is going to make them for you, right? But other than that, there's a 97% chance that you're going to make those decisions yourself. And so are you going to do that in the litigation format, having gone through formal discovery uh, process of of information sharing on the eve of trial because you're too, you know, any, please just make it stop, I'll agree to anything, or are you gonna settle in a conference room or or in, in a Zoom room in mediation, collaborative law, and some other kind of negotiation that both parties have to agree to but that allows them to avoid a lot of what I think is unnecessary pain for most, most families. Now listen, in certain circumstances, litigation is the only way to go and you should do it. And I am not disparaging that method at all. I'm just saying that there's an option that each family has to make. Each family has to make that choice as to how they're going to make those decisions. And that's the first thing that we do in our firm is to help them make a, a decision, understand the process, understand what goes into each one, understand the time frame, the costs involved, the degree of disruption and disorientation that will go into their lives and, and what those are and how it's going to play out for them and then sort through the pros and cons. So that's the first thing that we do. And and then the second thing that we do uh, is that we really think about the people first, not the legal problem. So I think that when people are getting divorced, they have a people problem with a legal consequence. A people problem with a legal consequence, not a legal problem. And 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 you know oftentimes you you get arrested, you have a legal problem. You have a people problem too, for sure, but you really need to work through your legal problem in order to address that people stuff in your life. But here, I think that as lawyers, if we think about the people first, the children first, their finances, their situation, their jobs, their careers, their wishes, hopes, and dreams, their education, where they are and where they wanna go, and then we make the settlement fit that, rather than trying to make the people fit into the, the way we always do it, that's another really crucial way in which I think we really help our clients make this transition as as smoothly. And, and it's not easy. I'm not going to try to be a Pollyanna about it and say, oh yeah, it'll be wonderful. We'll just eat chocolates and go for massages and you know everything will be terrific. But it's that, We really address the people at the people level, dealing with their people problems, not trying to talk about legal concepts that may or may not actually fit.
0: And the fact that you're able to bring all the parties to the table and to have that conversation where it is them first and the legal process is supporting what they're looking to achieve for them as a family unit even if it's separated in in household and legally separated nonetheless they may be bound by children and and so the fact that you're able to bring that in and to be to make what probably is a very difficult situation just slightly more easier or productive use of time i think is is pretty remarkable so kudos to you and yeah it's a big number of how long you've been in practice but it also shares and shows uh your expertise you've been there you've done that So I'm sure you've worked with a lot of different uh, circumstances. So when did you start getting active on LinkedIn? How early on in your career? How early on? When did that happen? And how did and why did that happen?
1: Well, you Uh, know, I've been doing this a long time. And uh, LinkedIn's been around for a while. I'm kind of a curious person. And so I've been active on LinkedIn for, you know, I don't know. How long has it been around, Vic?
0: It's a good question. I actually don't remember the exact year Reed Hoffman started LinkedIn, um, but we could look that up. Uh, so, did you get uh, suckered into it because you got like an invite, one of those emails, or so-and-so sure. you? No. Yeah, yeah. Sure.
1: And then so, I got yeah. really like um, intrigued by getting connections, right? So, okay. like, I'm trying to increase my number of connections, and so at this point, I have no idea how many I have, but it's a lot. Yeah. Uh, and you know, then later on, I started to think about. Um, being more discerning okay, about right. my linkedin connections you know in the beginning i was like yeah i'll say okay. yes and, and
0: people have talked about getting sucked in so uh, sarah who's behind the scenes thank you sarah for letting us know linkedin was started in 2002 uh so let's say 22 20 years ago um yeah. so maybe you okay. weren't there 20 years ago but yeah in the beginning no, a lot of people get- 2005
1: 2006 you know like pretty early, early on, on
0: so yeah people get roped up into that quantity collecting of connections where they want to be over 500 for that 500 plus and um and becomes this vanity metric where like you know how many can i amass and it It ends up spoiling it where you end up not really knowing anyone at all and it just and you and it's cluttered with people that you don't really know maybe don't even want to know um but you ended up uh so the so when did that discernment start how many years ago do you think you started getting a little bit more discerning of i really want to connect with this person
1: you know i think about eight years ago okay and and more and more so over the time so uh in the beginning yeah, I was just like yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just connect yeah. with anybody. And then I went to a marketing program maybe eight or nine years ago, and that guy said, "Connect with everybody in the United States." <laughs> and and uh, and basically, I'm like, "All right." That was my first like discernment, and I don't know. Okay, really
0: All right. mess- So that was a real filter for you. It was like U.S. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> and then Fair. you know.
1: You get a lot, I'm sure everybody gets these, you know, uh, connection requests with, oh, we can refer business back and forth to each yeah. other, right? And so, you know, I actually think that means I want, they want me to refer them business.
0: Right? <laughs> and, and
1: so so, uh, and so now I, I try to, either it's people I know, like people yeah. I know for sure, there's not, I mean, I never question yeah. it, uh, or it's people who are involved in areas, like there are other lawyers, uh, particularly if they're non matrimonial lawyers, they they work as in in, because that I think could be really interesting to me. My clients need referrals to real estate lawyers and other kinds of lawyers and and that kind of thing can be really helpful. I have a handful of financial planners, financial planners always want to be connected to me because rightly, they're not wrong in that I'm referring clients who are uh, newly divorced want with money and want a new investment advisor. Uh, and but you know that requires real getting to know someone. I'm not going to sure real bet, somebody, real vetting process, right? For mm-hmm. that kind of thing, just because hey, I saw you on LinkedIn, I really want a, a like a vetting process, exactly. And and I already you know so like I'm a little aware of that because th- I get those all the time, and sure. so I tend not to unless I have another connection with that person, you know, they went to a school I went to there. They work in a similar field. We know people that I like in common. Right. 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 There's some
0: mutual connections, you know, that's, there's a
1: reason, you know, or, or they said something that was really intriguing to me, you know, not like, Hey, let's be connected. Oh, I saw you're really active on LinkedIn. I love your website. You know, stuff like that. Although I love so your wasn't website. It
0: was a generic? You, you required, thought put into it?
1: Yeah, and at least if they love my website, they actually checked out my website, yeah, yeah, yeah. or you know, they they liked a post that I put up, and you know, made a comment about it. Yeah. And, and then asked to be connected. Like, that's a biggie for me, you know, that you're getting a lot of
0: clues to people, Catherine, of how people can get in good (laughs) graces to you. So you're going to get a lot more comments now. So that's a nice segue. So what, what are the kind of things that you do on LinkedIn? What are you posting on LinkedIn? What kind of, what activity do you do on LinkedIn?
1: Yeah, that's, that's a great question. So we post videos. Thank you, video socials. We post uh, blog posts and articles. Uh, we post sort of interesting things that other people produce that like, that we think is really, uh, interesting.
0: How Uh, do you, you are you sharing somebody else's post or are you creating an original post with some, uh, some link? It depends on
1: what it is. Like if I see something in the New York times, I'm going to create an original post. But if I see something that somebody else has posted on LinkedIn, then I, I share it.
0: Okay. And how often do you think you're posting on LinkedIn?
1: I get help with my LinkedIn yeah, sure. account, so I yeah. think we post a few times a week. Uh, okay, that's a good amount. Yeah, and we try to comment on other people's posts yeah. as well. Uh, if yeah. We think we have something interesting to say about that. so. Um, yeah.
0: And and so you work with a marketing uh, firm or person to do that? Um, to no, I have
1: somebody in-house to do it. I have okay. a marketing assistant, good. and part of his job is to make sure that we – don't disappear off the face of the planet on LinkedIn and Facebook and Twitter, and you know we're moving into Instagram and TikTok as well.
0: All right, so you're going to see some uh, Catherine's TikTok soon. So yeah. that'll be a different podcast. So that'll be cool. So so that's quite active, right? So if you're commenting on other people's posts, you're posting almost daily at multiple times a week. That's a lot, lot of a uh, lot of effort there. What kind of return have you seen? Have people come out of the woodwork? Can give us examples of, of how has LinkedIn actually worked for you? What kind of client success stories, referrals? Yeah.
1: yeah. You know, I've okay. heard that it's it's more successful if you post in groups than if you just post. Okay. You, you're posting. Well, I, that's been my experience. Posting in
0: groups, to mean like literally LinkedIn groups?
1: Yeah, in LinkedIn groups. Okay, yeah. Exactly. You know, and you share content that you think would be relevant to that group. Right, so if it's a mediator group, then you share content about, you know, something about mediation that's not selling mediation. It's sure. something, you know, about the mediation process or something that's really interesting. Like uh, like yesterday I saw a presentation by Dan Shapiro, who's he's a Harvard professor and, and a very well-known author in the field of dispute resolution. So I might comment something in a group of mediators about that presentation or, or something like that. Uh, you know, or if you're in a group of, For people who like in my area you know people divorcing people then i might post something more about the the divorce itself we don't always do it that way but i found that that gets more engagement and engagement of course is what gets to more sort of roi return on investment but let me just tell you my favorite my favorite story of getting a client through linkedin was it was through a group and it was it was referral from someone i had a loose connection with like i knew you know but not well from texas and and she had a client in texas who was getting married to somebody in new york and they were doing a prenup so he contacted me through linkedin and he hired me and we never met actually i never met this guy in the pre-pandemic but so it was really unusual to not meet your right.
0: clients. Sure. and
1: i did i i it was his fiance who was requesting the the prenup so I represented him through that and that, which was wonderful. And then a couple of years later, his fiance's brother was getting married and I represented that new family member as well.
0: <laughs> so oh, they had really two neat. kids,
1: two prenups, and I represented both in-laws. <laughs> that's really <laughs> also neat. A link, like a LinkedIn connection. which was Sure.
0: Great. And that's tremendous. Not a lot of people talk about LinkedIn groups, very often LinkedIn groups are, are shown as like a wasteland and a waste of time. You but you this isn't a, a real example where you've been able to make it work. Did that was that person part of the LinkedIn group or the you know the the you know the, the yeah, referral
1: source like we in the yeah, same referral kind of, source right. was. Okay. We, were, we were in the same collaborative community. Okay. You know, we met you know a time or two, but we were in the same LinkedIn group around collaborative practice. And so uh you know I, I think that that's how my name sure. came to, up to uh, you know into her mind as to who to refer this guy to and
0: and, like, and a collaborative practice and, and collaborative law as a modality of divorce is, is kind of almost uh, geared towards networking and word of mouth from you know, an outsider's perspective and a lot of people may not even understand what collaborative with kind of a capital c means as a modality of matrimonial divorce so can you explain sure. rather than me explaining incorrectly what does it mean to be part of a collaborative practice or group?
1: Well, let me just tell you what collaborative law, collaborative divorce is yeah. first. Collaborative divorce is a voluntary process where each party has a lawyer, but the lawyers by contract are disqualified from litigating. So everybody has 100% skin in the game to settle out of court because if the, if the people are not able to settle in the collaborative process, they have to hire new lawyers in order to go to court. And typically, it's also an interdisciplinary process so that we work with mental health professionals to help with the conflict dynamic in the with the couple, which, as you know, in a divorcing couple can be quite hot at times. And also that uh, mental health professional can help develop a parenting plan for the children that really makes sense for that particular family. And we also work with financial neutrals. And the financial neutrals, well, first of all, they, they do an amazing thing, and, and that is that money is such a hot topic in our culture, right? It means so much more than a way to pay the bills, right? It's about success and power and how we compare ourselves to our families of origin and our neighbors and our friends. You know, it's so much, then it develops kind of a dynamic of its own inside of a couple sometimes and I'm sure you've heard that you know lots of people get divorced because of money issues and so one thing that the financial neutral does is it puts some neutrality around the issue of money which brings the hotness of that topic down and that mm-hmm. financial neutral can also help develop options for division of assets or for cash flow help people understand the the impact on the future flow of what each option is going to look like and so we're working in a team as a group right in every single collaborative case you could have four maybe sometimes five professionals involved and uh and before you people start thinking well that sounds super expensive you know, it's not cheap, but understand that lawyers are doing all those other things, and lawyers are usually the most expensive people in the room. So, what we're doing is bringing in professionals who have better expertise, better training to deal with the parenting issues, to deal with the conflict and the emotional issues between the party, and sometimes the financial issues as well. And then the lawyers are left with the negotiation, which is a very big part of it, right? And then figuring out a way to make the legal result what. The people want it to be which is also a very important role in, in that process
0: and so, so that yeah go on no, no. I was gonna I to say to go. so
1: typically in order to put together a collaborative team you need to be referring people to each other anyway so that the community of people who train together in order to work in the collaborative model you need collaborative training whether or not you're a lawyer or a financial neutral or a mental health professional. So you understand what the collaborative process is and how to work with the team. So oftentimes there's, you know, there's a sense of community of people who work in that mode so that there is a kind of natural tendency towards referral anyway. And it's really great yeah. to be able to stay in touch with people across the country and around the world, frankly, who practice this way and see how cultural differences uh, in different places and the different, I don't know, culture of the bar, meaning that you know how lawyers work to, with each other and what's yeah. expected and what's not expected uh, change. Which is great. I
0: mean, it goes back to that global international aspect of your LinkedIn connections. Uh, but as you pointed out, it's exactly that that makes it really interesting. The interdisciplinary nature of your practice and the way you work with your clients leads it and lends itself uh, to these word of mouth referrals. So these groups, um, be it literal uh, groups of collaborative professionals or in a LinkedIn group setting where it's it's just a, a group of members, Everyone's there in it for that same type of purpose of serving the client more effectively, and so I could see how the referrals yeah, can be yeah, that yeah. much more fertile in that type of a group. So that's but excellent. A, but
1: another group yeah, that yeah. is really um, helpful is uh, is my alumni groups. Hmm. Right. So I went to Vassar College, and there's a Vassar alum group, and I've I've gotten referrals from there. I went to Fordham Law School. Not I'm not so active in that group, but still. Those people don't necessarily do what I do, right? Like right, I right. have a pretty niche practice, uh, you know, and, and even my high school group. So, And there's a sense of affinity, you know, yeah. in those groups that we went to school together and said, he showed that that's a pretty strong psychological yeah. affinity for people. And it makes a big difference, you know, and sometimes clients will see that and say, oh, I see you saw you went to this place. So, you know, I will pick you out of the group of people, <laughs> right? That, yeah. and, and that's why I think it's really important to have each to have my LinkedIn profile as me as I Mm -hmm. can make it instead of just you know kind of going and I've reworked it a whole bunch of times and I update it periodically to make it seem you know alive and so people have a sense of who I am and and I put my some of my videos up there and so again I want people to go to my LinkedIn site which they do you know when If you get, all right, I'm going to get three names of people, Right, you check out their website. But a lot of times people check out your LinkedIn site too and see what you've done, where you've been, you know, who are you? Mutual
0: connections, are there people in common? Even if you Google someone's name, your LinkedIn profile very often will come even above your website just because of how search engines work. So the LinkedIn profile becomes a, a hub. So it's neat that you recognize that. Yeah, it's taken you years, but it's become that evolution where it's become this networking up for you. But great.
1: Yeah. I've learned, you know, I've taken a lot of, I've gotten a lot of advice from people over the years. Because listen, when I first did it, I was like, click, click, click. You know, that's (laughs) it. You know, something pretty rote. Uh, But I think
0: back then, you know, being so early on, you know, where it may be 2000, you know, early 2000s, It was sort of okay. It was a Wild West to where it's like, all right, you know, it was a relatively small population of anyone really on LinkedIn. It was kind of this weird thing to have as a professional social networking tool. At this point where it's almost commonplace and expected, you have to be that much more discerning um, because it's very easy for it to be a complete waste of time, which is kind of the purpose of this podcast is to kind of show, all right, you can kind of cut through it and there are kind of lessons to be learned you're bringing out how you're able to be discerning, connecting with people, but you're discerning with being active in specific LinkedIn groups, uh, which is unusual because a lot of people don't um, put that time together with LinkedIn groups. And, you know, you alluded to different types of posts from written posts to video posts. So from that consistency of LinkedIn habits creates that ROI for you. We're gonna take a quick commercial break. When we come back, I'd love for you to share something that you really love about LinkedIn And then you get an opportunity event of something that you really don't like about linkedin as well and uh, maybe even shine a spotlight on on another attorney that's active on linkedin so let's take a quick break do you want your own podcast like this one my team will do all the grunt work for you just show up smile and enjoy talking to your potential clients and referral relationships go to videosocials.net slash govip to watch our nine minute webinar for all the details Are you a busy lawyer, coach, consultant like me, you should have a podcast done for you to get you more clients, impress your colleagues, and it becomes your perpetual referrals flywheel. We find you the right guests. We schedule your guests, handle all the podcast tech, get you into Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and more done for you. Go to videosocials.net slash go VIP to watch our nine minute webinar for all the details. Now back to the show. And back to my guest, Catherine Miller. Uh, So before we wrap up, so share something that you really love about LinkedIn.
1: I really like the ability to stay in touch with people who I've known in the past where it's not, it's not, I was going to say so personal. It's not that it's not personal, but it's not, it's like, it's, what are you doing? You know, it's the kinds of things that it's that I'm interested in. You know, I don't sure. have to hear about their vacations. I don't have to hear about what they had for dinner or have pictures of their, you know, breakfast waffles. You, you know, like like <laughs> it, it's this you know, for it's work related. Yeah, it's work related and and it, and that has more relevance to me. So I I really appreciate that. That's
0: pretty neat. Yeah, it kind of, you know, Facebook is meant to be social. Instagram, TikTok, they're meant to be the the trivialities of life in a good way, right? But it, you may not want to know the realities of someone's life or, or, or all these work colleagues of where they went on vacation and, and how old their kids are, you know, and you know, I'm sure you have plenty of colleagues that you are also friends with and that you enjoy the small talk and enjoy the everyday uh, relationships with before the vast number of your professional colleagues, LinkedIn gives you an easy way to kind of peek into their uh, daily work life. So that's great. Is there something that really annoys you about LinkedIn, something that you don't really like
1: I hate it when people use it, for, like approach you for dating, like a dating app. Whoa, okay. Oh, okay. I detest that. Oh, you know, they, you know, link to me and then they're like, well, I know I'm not supposed to use LinkedIn for you, but you know, blah, 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 you know, are you interested And in, you know, and I'm like, yeah, no, click, un- yeah. <laughs> un- unfriend, I know that's not the right, right word. Right, right, right. Disconnect. that's really I suppose, appropriate right. for that. I'm like, yeah. that's just icky. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, fair enough. So, yeah. So remember not to do that with Catherine. So that's cool. That, it, that it's, uh, yeah, I guess that might be a gender thing. Cause I don't, I, no, no one's hitting on me like that. I'm like, not that I want it because I'm happily married, but, uh, but it, it's, uh, I guess that might be a gender thing. So yeah, I could be really, really annoying because it's like you said, it's a workplace environment as opposed to a, a social community. I think
1: that's annoying on Facebook too, but it's
0: just like,
1: <laughs> like, really? no.
0: Yeah. Especially if it's out of the blue, you know, that's, that's not cool. Is there another lawyer that, you know, who's really active on LinkedIn and uh, that you're a fan of?
1: Yeah. Uh, I think that Elsa W. Smith is in my video socials group as well does a phenomenal job with all of her social media, including LinkedIn. And she's always posting really valuable content, both from her, just from her regular videos and her podcast. So I would like to give a shout out to Elsa W. Smith.
0: Oh, that's really cool that's really nice of you for doing so people want to be able to reach out to you in an appropriate and value-driven way uh how can they reach you on linkedin and other places
1: well they can always reach me on linkedin i think my linkedin profile is i think it's K Miller one or okay. they can find me on the website which is miller-law.com miller-law.com or they could tune into my podcast Divorcedialogues.com, which is also available wherever people
0: listen to podcasts. This is a good segue, so you can catch, uh, so uh, yours is probably on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts and Stitcher, Spotify, well likewise. And SoundCloud. And SoundCloud, cool. Uh, likewise, you can watch uh, this show on uh, YouTube, uh, on LinkedIn, Facebook, just about every Friday, 1 p.m. Eastern. You can go to video socials.net slash Watch LFL for LinkedIn for Lawyers, and you can catch it there. Subscribe and review on all the major platforms as Catherine's show is also uh, aired on those major platforms that you just heard. Again, my name is Vikram Rajan. I'm your host for the show and the co founder of Video Socials. Looking forward to uh, engaging with you in the near future. And Catherine, thank you so much for being our guest.
1: Thanks for having me. It's been fun.
0: Thanks.